welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Brett, Ed, Fran, Johnny, Matt and Paul, helping you to build more muscle and to lose weight with a hint of banter and a dash of humour. Enjoy this week's episode. Let's go in, so. uh, welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast, episode number 69. Hello, Paul. Hello, good evening. Hello. Uh, we have a couple of very special guests today, come as a pair, so uh, yeah, we'll... Uh, Paul, what's just quick update on you, mate? Just to find out what's happening in the world of uh, Mr. Cocker, and then <laughs> sorry, stop uh, using uh, my name. See, <laughs> yeah. uh, we only found out last week clearly what it was. But yeah. um, what's, what are you up to, mate? Actually, because I've been on the last podcast, probably not a lot since. Still working, luckily. Good. You're not being yeah. sacked for taking pictures of kids in toilets yet. No, no. Chuck it up. See, people might listen to that. <laughs> they won't. Plus, they won't see it anyway. It's fine as long as the phone's on silent. Is that the Is that... same with the photos? Or yeah. Sorry, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, okay. Well, too hot. As you're really boring, we'll move on. Um, <laughs> so today we have, uh, yeah, as I say, a pair of special guests. So hello, Mike, and hello, Dan. Hello. Hello. Right. So we thought it'd be funny for so obviously Mike Harrison, obviously Daniel Meek. Um, Formerly of Team Box, no longer with Team Box. Now, uh, <laughs> do, you know, obviously, biceps and banter, right? Um, yeah. When I Googled it to find your eating challenges on your videos, which we are obviously going to cover a lot today, there are there is another YouTube channel or a podcast called The Same. Does that bother you? They're not good, surely. Sure. There's a there's, def- there's a podcast. I remember um, I remember yeah. when I looked at the name. There's a podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's in America though. Yeah. They'll be like the the Turkish fakes that you get. The Louis Vuitton handbag. It's just a Turkish fake, mate. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Well, the, the, re- the, the reason I thought it was worth asking because we've got obviously lots of people that have the same name as us, and that does piss me off. I'm not going to lie, um, but I've got no way of knowing who was first. So, and probably not us. Let's be honest. Yeah. You? I've heard a fair few people call Brett, to be fair, so... Yeah, good. <laughs> uh, um, so, uh, let's introduce you for the people that don't know who you are. So, when I say let's, I mean let you two introduce each other. After you, Dan. Uh, this is Mike. This is Mike. Mike is in Team No Calves. He has no calves. He um, can eat a stupid amount of food in one go, to the point where I actually don't physically understand how it fits in. Um, and he always hugs a pillow because his mum never hugged him. Oh, I do always hug a pillow. How you do. do. I, mate, just the first thing I notice about you, every single video you watch, when we're on the sofa, he always hugs a pillow. It's to cover yeah. his penis. Well, that's almost a negative for you because you're looking straight at my crotch. So you're, it's the first thing you notice. So where are your eyes? Well, you're um, hiding your erection from me, clearly. Every time we're on the sofa. I don't need to ask you, mate. It's tiny. Like, it wouldn't be seen anyway. So this is Dan. Um, I'm just going to rebut everything you've just said. So this is Dan. He's team no hair, no gains, no banter. Yeah. Um, no appetite. Can't eat anything. He's got the appetite <laughs> of a small child, um, as well as the physique of a small child. So it kind of marries up. And um, Dan doesn't hug a pillow um, because apparently he must be proud of his penis. But I've got no idea why because I have seen it. It's not good. No. It's just like a mushroom. No shaft. Like, absolutely zero grippage. Like, I've, for the life of me, I've got no idea how we would masturbate. Like, genuinely. 
There we go. I don't... Love you too, mate. I, I don't... Is that it, then? Are we off? Yeah, no, I just don't really know where to go from there, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> do, do, anything about uh, your actual occupation or expertise or anything you want people to know or just going to roast each other? Okay, so Facebook's um, <laughs> are online coaches um, like yourselves. Uh, we coach pretty much anybody, anybody that will have us, anybody daft enough um, to, to take us on. Uh, we've also got a YouTube channel, Biceps and Banter, where we um, do various things. We do a little bit of myth busting, a little bit of tongue in cheek humour, pretty questionable. We do a little bit of like goggle boxing against, you know, diet shows and, and food challenges and sort of days in our life, days of eating, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, primarily online coaches. Cool. I, I, I honestly say, I don't think, I'm not a YouTube fan. So I could probably say yours is the only YouTube channel I've ever watched. We'll take that. Take Genu- that every day of the week. Genuinely, like, swear down. Like, other than, I think I watched, like, the Muscle and Pyramid stuff from Pretty MJ yeah. on there. Like, like, other than that, I don't think I really watched. Like, I've never watched. I, I'm not up to date. I will be open about that. I haven't seen the latest one. But um, you, What do you think in the past? Good. Funny. But Decent. What do you want me to say? Think... You're, you're on camera. I'm not going to lie. Well, I might lie to you. <laughs> I think it's one of those things where, like, I was the same. I think I, I remember when we decided to do it, I was a bit... I don't know. I wasn't really a YouTube watcher, mm. um, but getting into it, I, I do get it. I do get it now. And I get the, I don't watch TV now pretty much. I just don't, I find it boring. I find it irritating. Um, even with the ads on Google, I don't really mind them so much. It's, it's, it's the content's a lot better. You can tell there's a lot more passion involved in it. And if it looks good and it, and it plays well, it's, it's easy to watch. Um, and I think, I think it's quite an untapped area. I know obviously loads of big people in fitness are in it, but um we i mean we really enjoy it like when it comes to having to think of a video or come up with how we're going to produce it it's just a bit more enjoyable than just kind of putting together a post on facebook or a small video on facebook where you're just talking to the camera and and all that sort of stuff and um it's been really good fun i think um certainly producing the videos as well like editing them like i've 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 learned how to do that we work with a guy called harry who's amazing um he's kind of shown me a few things and it's amazing how into it you can get. Like, cause I never was it. I would never have thought YouTube would be my thing. But it's funny how when you get into it and you start seeing other people's videos and how they put them together, you want to learn how they did it, and then you realise it's not as difficult as you once thought. And then once you learn how to edit it together, it can actually be. Um, it fucking takes ages, but it's good fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, one of my favourites, uh, and like I don't watch it on YouTube because it's on Facebook. But Gordon Greenhorns, like he does some of the best editing that I've seen. Um, mm. I don't know, it's just, I don't know, it's got, it's, it's obviously he's less banterish, less funny, but he does do some quite cool editing, so, yeah, I can see, I, I think it comes across, you guys clearly enjoy doing it. Yeah, it's, it's like, at the end of the day, like, if you don't enjoy it, then what's the fucking point? So, again, it's something that I never thought I'd do, because my ex-missus is a fairly well-known YouTuber, and I used to fucking hate being on camera, and I used to be like, why the fuck are you doing this? So I never thought that I would even entertain the idea but um yeah it's just really fun and we've just had a lot of positive feedback so i think the, the more that we do the better that we'll get at it and yeah it's just at the end of the day just just a laugh really yeah cool well yeah i think that comes across doesn't it like uh, having two mates sort of doing it you sort of flow off each other pretty well and- i think that you can see when it's forced as well like i think I, i've watched a few in the past and you can just be like, just stop doing it because you're not, you don't have that chemistry. And luckily, like the amount of times like we've been doing stuff, we'd be like, oh, I wish we had the camera on for this because it just literally would have been perfect. But that's just, 
it's it's almost like we don't have to try that hard. It sounds a bit weird. Like I think a lot of things you have to try, um, you know, quite hard on. Um, and I think it's one of those things where people have asked us before, like about podcasts. They're like, oh, could you do a podcast as well? And it's just like, I don't know. It's just one of those things where obviously like, I already do one. Um, but not only that, but it's also a case of it's not quite the same. I think a lot of our entertainment value we put in it is the facial expressions or things like that that you couldn't quite get across on a podcast it'd just be you ranting and just swearing a lot whereas actually on camera you can get a lot across from a look or from a, an edit or something like that um which i think is a lot of people kind of miss i think with their content mm. they when they do videos they just not really edited too well um but yeah it's it's um it's like i say it's just entertainment i think youtube is based around entertainment and i think the fitness industry itself needs more entertainment in it. It can be so boring and dry. I think it, it, it needs people to just chill out more, have some more fun. And that's kind of what we decided to try and do. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, obviously you kind of get this realm of like entertainment information. You do like the infotainment thing. Like I think that that's going to go down well with lots of people that are kind of like your average guys that you know, they're not, they're out there trying to study. They, they want to be entertained, but they want to kind of learn something valuable or something that they can actually take and apply. So Hey, hit the hit the buttons there. Um, well, we obviously, I say, we'll we'll give you a chance right at the end to go through all of that stuff and get more people on there to to watch it. But we want to try and get some value and obviously get some because obviously you, you're not just entertainers at the moment. Obviously, you're coaches. You obviously got some um, incredible backgrounds in terms of knowledge and education stuff. So we do want to get some of that out to obviously the listeners. They've got something that they can obviously take away and apply. So what we want to talk about was kind of. We want to talk about the eating challenges. Let's be honest, but let's try and let's try and bring that back into terms of some some kind of value for people in of what they can do. As I say, of applying something to their diet. Because most of our people, I think, um, our listeners and our clients, most of them are like fat loss clients, dieting clients. So let's try and get some some information around. Right, how do we make certain dietary choices, whatever they may be, that can help people diet? So. And I've, I'm kind of like a proponent where I bang on about it all the time. Like the most important thing for me when dieting is like, well, adherence being, and obviously like the evidence suggests, the, the thing that's going to suggest whether a diet's successful is if someone can stick to it. Um, and by doing that, I always think, right, you've got to manage your appetite. It's the biggest thing you can do, managing your appetite for adherence. Um, and obviously, I guess it's quite a broad thing or a broad spectrum, a spectrum of what it can cover. But fundamentally, managing your appetite means you're going to stick to it. So like... What do you think is like the the biggest factor? And obviously, either of you can answer it if you want to chip in or both or whatever. But what do you think is the biggest factor that like affects diet adherence in your opinion? You want to say that, Dan? I can't do if you want me. Um, I think I think in terms of us and in terms of what we do, the biggest thing for me is the relationship with your coach is the number one thing that's going to affect that. So there's no. I've had clients before, you know, say. Oh, I, I went over. I went over my calories, went over my macros, whatever it was, and they've told me, and we've talked about how we can rectify the situation. But then you also hear about other coaches who their clients lie to them and they pretend that they're hitting these numbers and stuff. And it's like, well, you can think your clients are adhering to a low carb diet or a low fat diet, and actually they're just they're just not telling you the truth. Um, and I think the biggest thing that obviously we do with our clients, similar to you guys, I, I know, is is a bit more of a flexible diet and macro-based approach to things. So it's a bit more choice involved by the other person. Um, and, and that, for me, is the biggest thing, is that there's, there's choice and there's some kind of element of um, understanding your environment and understanding your kitchen, understanding your home environment, all this sort of stuff. Um, because 
me trying to tell you know someone who's stupidly busy to get five to six servings of protein and split evenly three hours through the day is not really going to help them if it's something that they just physically can't do in their day. Um, so in terms of biggest factor that influences dietary adherence is understanding your client and their needs. Like that has to be paramount. You can't just give everyone the same diet. Um, but from what from what we do and what we found, flexible dieting as a as a as a term tends to be, from what I've seen, the, the best way to promote adherence is by allowing some of those foods that maybe most people wouldn't allow or wouldn't suggest it are good um, and giving them certain boundaries within that and go, look, most of your food needs to be from these sources, some of your foods from these sources. We'll play around with the numbers as we go each week to week and we'll find the, the way that works for you, whether that's refeed days, whether that's same throughout the week, whether it's one refeed day, whatever it might be. Um, but it's not really kind of like one thing obviously that's a that's a myriad of things yeah i think i'd just like to add to that in terms of the flexible thing it's it's not just the sources of food that are flexible that i think helps it's the it's the the flexibility to be able to intermittent fast should said client enjoy that and and it works for them you know in terms of their lifestyle or they can um split their meals up between six meals or three meals or whatever and something that i've just had with a client actually this week um, she was sort of trying to split her food up to try to eat every so often because she thought that it might be helping her satiety-wise, you know, if she got something to look forward to in a couple of hours. But actually, as it turns out, I've got her to have bigger portions, which um, are less frequent, and she's actually feeling a lot better for that. So again, the flexibility and not being able to stick to one rigid framework with every single client, which I know that a lot of coaches do. They just go the same thing and just see if the shit sticks to the wall with everybody. But just the flexibility to give that client the uh, the choice of what foods they're eating, when they're eating them, just takes off so much stress and so much pressure, and they're able to then manage it the best way for them possible. Really, yeah. I like on that. I think it probably took me a year, eighteen months to realise that, like, almost the power of autonomy, like the power of giving someone that choice. Like, yeah. as as like when I started coaching people. Um, you know, you are a bit like, oh, you're new, you're, you're, you're not sure what you're doing, or you're not, you're so unconfident in yourself that you don't really know what you're doing is right and whatever. And like, it took me so long to realize actually, these people would need to make their own choice. They're far more likely to stick to it than than me saying you must do this in this way because that's the only way. Like, it's, that's it. But it just took, I don't know why it takes so long to do it, but obviously, when it did hit home, you suddenly realized the power of it. And I think, yeah, they're then going to be able to manage it moving forwards after you. Um, because if they if that's the way they like to eat and you coach them around that you know portioning and things like that then they're going to be able to to move on using the same sort of template because they know that they enjoy it whereas somebody who's giving them six meals a day yeah sure they might stick to it for their 12-week plan or whatever they've got but then actually they don't know how to eat to their preference in the real world once that 12 weeks is over they can't then stick to those same six meals of chicken and broccoli like it's like well, fuck actually how do I eat? I don't know how to eat. I don't know how to eat normal. Mm. Whereas the way that you guys do it and we and we do it, it's like it's pretty much the similar sorts of foods, but you just eat a little bit more portion wise, or you might have a little bit more degree of variability with more calories to play with. But on the whole, food choices don't really alter that much on a fat loss phase or a muscle gain phase or whatever. It's just a portion size, really. Yeah, yeah I suppose that kind of leads towards. Um, obviously when you when you guys have your clients and they start especially new clients that haven't had coaches before and they you start they start sort of picking up the sort of how you're how you're coaching them how do you help them sort of deal with 
feeling hungry, even though we we kind of know it's not true. Super like hung, they're not starving. People kind of worry about not eating every few hours or whatever. So, what sort of strategies do you guys give them to sort of deal with that? So there are a few things um, for me. Um, I think making them aware that hunger is completely normal and almost getting them to accept the, the hunger and realize that it's a, almost a positive thing because without sounding like a little bit funny about it, that it's it's working. Um, because at some point you're going to be hungry. That's the whole fucking point of a deficit. You're under-fueling. You're not giving yourself enough to... To survive, essentially, what you're doing is control starvation, but over a long period of time. Um, so your body's going to fight it. It's going to make you hungry because it essentially thinks that you're dying. And it doesn't know that you've got food in the fridge. Um, so just making them aware that they are going to be hungry and just to ride it out at certain points and to just, you know, um, to, to just be okay with it. And then there's also other strategies that you can employ, like shortening the eating window, so maybe employing a little bit of intermittent fasting. So they've got a little bit more during a certain period of time or looking at parts of the day where they tend to eat a little bit more. Like, so for myself, it would be the evening. I can go through the day pretty much because I'm working without, you know, without a huge amount of food. But the evening when I'm sat in front of the TV and the kitchen's there, that's when I want the majority of my food. So then a similar sort of client, I would do the same. I would say maybe proportion most of your food for the evening um, or if they preferred a bigger lunch or a bigger breakfast, again, the same applies. Um, and then making sensible food choices and not almost wasting calories on things. So you'll see people waste calories with cooking in oils and butters. And it's like, okay, straight away we can we can swap that out for a fry light, a spray. You've just saved yourself 100, 150 calories per fucking meal. Um, and then other, other, other liquid food choices, you know, they might be having a latte, you know, swap it to a skinny cappuccino, which is lighter, you know, or even a black coffee ditch your fruit juice, things that aren't going to aid in satiety that are quite high volume. And then on the other end of the spectrum, when things get a little bit more severe, that there are also other sort of food swaps like, although potato and rice are really quite good, for maybe a smaller female that's unable to eat a huge amount, you might be wasting, not wasting, but you might be using a lot of your carb amounts on a, a small amount of potato or rice. And swapping them out for things like butternut squash or root veg or celeriac or, you know, cauliflower rice, broccoli rice, that sort of thing. Again, just gives you a little bit more volume and a little bit more bang for your buck in terms of calories. And then also things like taking yolks out of eggs, going for uh, leaner cuts of meat. So you're not, you're almost separating the macros up. You're not eating protein and fat together in, say, salmon or mackerel. Um, you're almost going a little bit leaner and just eating protein. And then you can save those calories from the fat for something else, something extra, um, that's not almost disappeared into the same volume of food, if that makes sense. Um, so lean cuts of meat, fat-free dairy, um, all sorts of things like that, really. So making sure that you're you know, fully hydrated, again, that's going to be a big, uh, a big part to play in it. Plenty of vegetables, again, fill your stomach up. Um, you know, activate those stretch receptors to make sure that you know that you're you're getting that full feeling. And then things like I find like a diet coke, the fizz and the bloat from a diet coke, something like that, just takes away that sort of that hunger pang. Um, it can do. And then using things like a black coffee for the caffeine again has been shown to obviously reduce sort of hunger. 
Um, so those are sort of my go-tos. Obviously, that's quite long and convoluted, and I've probably just fucking rambled on. But um, I've just sort of reeled off a load of shit at you. Uh, but hopefully, somebody's <laughs> taken a tip out of that. It's like the Mike Harrison diet in Hamburg right there. That's what I was about like, to say. You, just you could, set, you could write it down and sell it. Yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of like adherence in terms of like forgetting like the tips and stuff like that I think one thing that I noticed a big um, a big change in my clients is males tend to folk have that pattern that Mike said where they want to eat most of their food in the evening whereas females tend to I've noticed they tend to think they want to snack during the day and they need a lot of food but actually what I found with some of them, some of them is if they have a bigger breakfast they actually then don't need to snack and, and, and then they have a decent lunch, a light lunch, and then don't snack all afternoon and have a big dinner. That tends to work quite well. And I think there's this common thing that I try and get a lot of my clients to to really kind of forget about, is this whole thing of snacking. Like I hate the premise that like you've got to have a snack. And I think that's one of the biggest things that in some people they can change. I think if you can sit down and have a meal, sit down, have a meal with a plate, a knife and fork, if possible, um, because I think the whole having snacks is the thing that A, drives your calories up, but B, it never really registers. And I don't think people really have high volume foods at that point. They never really have that much protein. Even a protein bar, it's not really that high in protein compared to meals and things like that. And um, as, a, as a global thing, just from what I've seen of my clients, and again, it's no, it's just anecdotal, is that if you give female or tend to give females a larger breakfast, higher in fat, lower in carb, um, and have three meals in a day, they tend to do quite well not snacking and blokes tend to do fine having barely any food just protein through the day and then smash all the calories in in the evening it just seems to be that's how the majority of people tend to do well on their adherence with diets i think if you say to a bloke you can save your calories and have 1500 in the evening most of them would go i'll do that whereas most women wouldn't be able to last through the day they just they think they can do it but they can't um, because I think that with them as well, they have that many calories saved up and then they actually just can't stop. They just keep going. Um, and I think actually more evenly split calories and macros through the day for women seems just seem from what I can see with my clients anyway, seems to work quite well. I, I wouldn't mind exploring the snacking bit a bit more because I absolutely concur to be honest, especially with women. Like I've got a couple of people there where I'll be honest, I'm still working on it because I haven't really found the solution necessary, but like snacking's a big problem. Um, even if it is, not even like planned snacks. A lot of the time it's the unplanned snacks of just eating a handful of something while they're cooking and like, I don't know. It's so, like so one client I got to actually start to write a diary basically. Every time she snacked to write it down to just really kind of make herself aware of it. And so she was literally writing down probably six, 700 calories worth of snacks. Like it might be like mm. a handful of nuts and something like this. Like how, how do you, like what, what do you do to your clients or what do you tell people to, to kind of help with their snacking in terms of either reducing it or getting rid of it? Because obviously it's not as easy just to go stop snacking. So what do you do? Yeah, to... I think it's one of those where um, one of the things that I've done is I've said to them, have it with your meal. Like literally, if you want two biscuits, have it with your dinner. And the amount of times you would have your dinner and go, oh, I don't really fancy them. I don't really want them now. And again, it's not, you're not telling them they can't have that food. It's not the food type or the food that they're having. It's a case of going, look, between the hours of 8 and 12, you'll survive. Like, you don't need calories. You've just eaten a decent breakfast. You don't need them. Um, and it's more about getting them into the habit, I think, of having not set meal times per se, but just going, look, there's nothing wrong with eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And you might have a shake if you worked out in the afternoon, say. Um, but I, I just think it's a way – I always sit down and go, do you need that? Like, at that time you have that snack, are you really, really hungry? And I'm like, well, I was a bit peckish. And I'm like, right, well – 
that's not really like hunger. Let's wait until until lunchtime. And then you get to the bottom of it. And actually, most of the time, it's because they're on a break from work. And it's like the natural time to have one. And I'm like, well, if you skipped it and then went back to work, could you eat? And they're like, no, can I work it? I'm like, well, just skip it. And like you said, like Mike said before, just kind of deal with the hunger a little bit. And the amount of times that you can just say to them, look, have a coffee or a Diet Coke. And they go, actually, I literally had a client today on the phone. He was like, I ditched my flapjack from Pret and had a can of Diet Coke. And I felt just as full as I would have had if I had the flapjack. I'm like, well, that, you've saved 350 calories. And again, the thing with him was, oh, I'm always on the go. I'm always on the move. And I was like, well, Take a meal with you in Tupperware box, a prep one, and sit down and eat it. If you're really that hungry, you will sit down and eat it. And he's like, yeah, it's funny how you delay that until lunchtime because you're like, well, I'm not actually that hungry. It's just the convenience of going and having a snack. And I think with a lot of people, it's just the habit. I don't actually think that they need it. It's just a case of, oh, it's a break at work. So that's what everyone does. And even if you tell them to have a lower calorie snack, my, my for some people i just think it's easier to go cold turkey and just go look you're just a guy that eats three meals a day now because similar to like the intermittent fasting thing where you just don't eat breakfast you're that guy or that girl who just doesn't snack and it's like i only sit down and eat stuff off a plate or a bowl or whatever mm. and it's funny how when you get into that habit you realize you never needed the snack it was just a social thing it's just that you everyone else does it it's fucking greed at the end of the day it's, it's greed because like you say you don't need it you can survive Nobody ever died of starvation after not eating for three hours. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't happen. So people lie to themselves, telling themselves that they feel lightheaded or that they need a snack, but you don't actually need it. And it does take an element of just saying to that client, and I say it a lot <laughs> to people who fuck up, you know, and I'm like, look, it, it, the willpower's not there. The, there has to be an element of you fucking trying. Like, bec because if you don't change your habits, how are you expecting to change your physique or your life or how you look because you're not actually changing anything. Like, you're not that person who has a couple of biscuits with tea. You used to be, but now if you want to change, you need to make a fucking change. So it's like, you're not hungry. Like, you're, you're not hungry. So deal with it and fucking get on with it. Like, because essentially, it's just greed. It's just laziness. It's just lack of willpower. And I, I don't get it. Like, I, I just personally don't get it because I know if I'm dieting, I diet, and that's it. I'm dieting. There's none of this, oh, God, I just had a couple of biscuits. It doesn't fucking happen because those biscuits are not on offer, not having them around the house or whatever. And even if I am out and they're, they're offered to me or, I mean, fucking pret and there's a flapjack there, just don't fucking buy it. You're on a diet. Like, what the fuck do you want to do? Like, you're on – I don't get it. People you, – you're fucking trying to lose weight. Why are you so restri – you're so restrictive against it. So many people say they want to lose weight. But their actions don't actually marry up with their words. Like, they will say, oh, I really want to lose weight. But then you see them, like, my girlfriend actually today was like, oh, uh, she runs, like, events, like, afternoon tea. And it was like, she she offered a, a leftover cake to a woman. And she was like, oh, no, I'm on a diet. So my girlfriend left it. Then she went out of the room for 10 minutes and came back and she'd eaten three cakes. And it was like, <laughs> you're on a fucking diet. Don't fucking eat the cake. You've already said to somebody you're on a diet, like... Fuck! Don't eat it. Don't eat it. Like, I just, I just can't. I can't compute it. Like, I, can't. I, th I think I think that comes as well. Where I think that comes from having such a rigid diet that you're just craving it so much. Whereas I think for a lot of my clients, I say to them, I'm not saying you can't have a bit of cake. I'm just saying you need to think about when you're having it at the right time. And all of a sudden, that that changes the willpower and that changes their view of going. Okay, it's not that it's banned. Whereas that that woman could have been on a diet. And it's banned, and it's like the the forbidden fruit. 
and I think that's the difference between it is like some people, if they're not educated, they haven't tried flexible dieting. It's not quite in the first few weeks. It is a bit of a, oh, I just had it. And then they realize, oh, actually, I messed up there. And then they, they, they tell you and you're like, well, no, I, there's nothing wrong with a flapjack. But your choices are just ridiculous. Like you need to have it at a different time. And that's why I said sometimes when you say to them, look, have it with dinner, they have their food. And then afterwards they realize, oh, actually, I'm full. I'm not, I'm, I was just being greedy. But at the time before, because it's just their behavior and they're used to it from a habit-based thing, um, and they're so used to diets being so rigid and restrictive, it's like a, they want to they wanna be naughty and have it. And, and like, you, like Mike said, I think deep down they know. Everyone knows. You know when you're having it. You know you're having it. Yeah. It doesn't take a genius to work out that a fucking cake from Costa isn't going to help their fat loss. Like, it it yep. doesn't take a nutritionist to tell them that. You know that. So don't play dumb. And it's like, if you're going to lose weight and you want to lose weight, fucking get on with it like get on with it do, do you know what i mean stop fucking around because it's just greed like you're not going to die like i said what such a luxury to give up food for vanity to lose a little bit of weight to drop a dress size such a luxury that we've got food in the, in the fridge when people don't have access to that but yet you whinge and you complain and you restrict uh, like you restrict trying to lose weight amount of people that, like money that people pay me yet are so restrictive to change like I don't get it. Like, I don't, I just don't get it. Like, you're fucking lucky to be able to give up that food to lose weight. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I think, fucking... yeah, I think some of it's like, I don't know, like, I've been described before as like food, oh, sorry, not food, diet procrastination almost. Like, oh, like, I'll have it now and I'll, I'll catch up again tomorrow kind of thing. And obviously, tomorrow the same scenario happens. There's never a, like, a day where you then catch up. It's always like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, there's another cake or something else on offer because, like you guys have said it before, uh, there's always a barrier or an excuse. Like if you don't say no to stuff, there's always a reason. There's always a birthday, always a night out, always a holiday, always something to not diet or not whatever. And I think that's like that. Just I say refer to it as diet procrastination because it kind of like feels like it describes it pretty well. Yeah, yeah, it's like madness, isn't it? And I suppose if you're going back to sort of like Mike's point, if you took yourself to like a third world country and translated, they ask you what you did. You say, well, people pay me. To tell them not to, to eat. eat less. Like, what? what do you mean? Madness. Well, we've got so much food there that a lot of our country are really fat. So <laughs> we just need people to tell us to stop putting cake in my mouth. Amazing, isn't it? Amazing. And it, it's really hard to stop that cake going in my mouth. I have to pay money for it first. But then yeah. it jumps in my mouth. And then I've got to pay someone else to stop. And to the, tell me the, thing, the thing is, when you when you put it like this, and we we talked about this on one of our videos, we literally talked about this. And like when you put it like that, it just sounds ludicrous. It's the most ridiculous thing. And like we put, I put a post on Instagram about it, and literally one, a, a woman commented and just put, "Oh well, that's me shut up." Like so glad I saw this because it really puts it in perspective. And it's like you really like people just don't get it. And I think I, I know me and Mike could rant about this for for a long time because it is. You think how privileged you are. Um, it's, it is mental when you when you put it into those kind of those kind of words and, and and that sort of context and that for me is the frustration is people kind of go oh it's not my fault and I'm like no it is your fault like it's a hundred percent your fault like let's not pretend that you know you're some saint who's running marathons every weekend like and you don't know what's going wrong here like you know what's going wrong um, and it's and I think I've explained that to a couple of clients before that's that put it into that context and all and like you just see their face drop they realize as soon as you put it into those words. Um, and that's what I always, I remember I was going through a photo shoot prep, I think, and I remember, I literally used to remember that every day. That was my thing. I was just like, 
there's no point. Like, there's no point thinking, oh, I wish I could have that, because you can have it. It's there in the fridge. Go and eat it. Literally, go and eat it. If you're really that bad, go and eat it. But you don't. And, it, and I think that's the, the thing is, it's, as much as we joke about it, like the mindset or all that sort of stuff is, is the thing that you've just, <laughs> you, just have to, uh, you just have to make sure that you're in the right place and think about it in the right context and the right ways like that. Everything is a choice. Everything, everybody has a choice. You either eat it or you don't. And that choice is on that person. Nobody's forcing it into your mouth. Your friends might offer you one. They're not forcing it. They, you might be invited to a meal. Again, you're not forced to eat it. Everybody has a choice. Oh, I had to go out for a meal, so I had the fucking family platter of ribs and the fucking ice cream sundae. You're not, nobody's forced you to eat that. You can make a better decision. Everybody has a choice. Every, every single person has a choice, yes or no. And if you're not succeeding, it is 100% down to your choices. Do not blame anybody else because it's, it's you that's at fault. Everybody can make a change and make it like and, and get you know and lose weight. Everybody can, like everyone can. I don't give a fuck how busy that you think you are this time in the day. I don't care about your family. I don't care about peer pressure. It's down to you. And if you buckle under that, then essentially you're weak and you don't want it enough. Like so, you have those choices. So do not blame anybody. Oh, I can't lose weight. You can lose weight. You just don't try hard enough. I've tried everything. You haven't tried everything. You've tried fucking nothing. Like I just, oh, mate, I don't get it. I don't get it. No, I, I, I know he's an appetite. Fuck me, come on. <laughs> I'm gonna make a t shirt for Mike that says on the front, Have you tried? Um, I've tried everything dieting, and have you tried not eating? Exactly. That's what he's gonna have. Yeah, you've tried everything, everything on the fucking menu by the looks of it. <laughs> uh, yeah well, uh, I mean let, uh, like, I know you guys aren't saying that it's easy for people because you know it's not we wouldn't have an obesity epidemic if it wasn't Mike is <laughs> yeah right he is <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, would say t- I, I totally agree obviously everyone has a choice everyone has a choice to start at least like I often say like starting is the start of building habits and then habits are what get you through tough times so it's like you, you've got to make that active choice and work hard and get it to start because otherwise it's, you, you will never get anywhere. Um, and I know that's what you're saying. Um, unless yeah. you're saying people are weak and they just don't, <laughs> they don't want it enough. Hey, do you know what? A lot of it is weakness. Like, I understand that there's a lot of mis, um, miseducation and people genuinely don't know what certain foods, you know, people don't know about calories. People, if somebody said that's 600 calories in that, they wouldn't know whether that's a lot, whether and what they're supposed to be in, they'll go, oh, what is it, 2,000 for the average male? There's no such fucking thing. Like, So people, there is a lot of miseducation, so you can understand, you know, certain things that are put out on TV and papers, people don't have a fucking clue what to do, right? But the fact of when somebody starts a fat loss diet or they've, like, gone for help or whatever, and the fact that, you know, and they know deep down that that cake that uh, it doesn't compute with fat loss it, it doesn't it doesn't fit you you don't need to be a genius my mum knows that my mum doesn't know anything but she knows that if i eat that big bar of chocolate probably not going to help me lose fat so at some point it does come down to just don't eat it like it's got to it's got to because if it wasn't there you wouldn't eat it and you wouldn't feel any worse off nobody fucking gets offered digestive biscuits at work and goes home in the evening sits there going fucking hell i wish i'd have had those biscuits now at work nobody does that never you'll never regret something you didn't have never like but what you will do if you're trying to lose weight you will regret it so just don't fucking do it like i can't I, i can't get it into my head when people don't 
make the right choice. Because if you're not making the right choice, you, you don't want to lose weight enough. You don't. Like, it's as simple as that. Because there's been people who have reversed fucking morbid obesity. People have lost fucking tons of weight. Like, because they want to lose it. Because they want to lose it. Because the goal is strong enough. If you're just wanting to lose a couple of pounds, you know, to drop a dress size, to look better for the summer, and you can't stick to your diet, you don't want it enough. Like, you just do not want it enough. And I know we take the piss out of coaches who just say, just work harder. And there is an element of coaching that person to make better habits, you know, better choices and things. But it does boil down to whether you want it enough and whether you're making the right choices for yourself. Yeah, totally. Totally agree. Totally agree. There's, there's only so much certainty as a coach as well that you can do because you can obviously instruct someone to do something, but making them do it is a whole different thing. So, yeah. um, I think that's why, I think that's also why things like, just to finish on that, I think yeah. why dieting clubs like Slimming World are so attractive to people because yeah, who wouldn't want a diet where you can eat some foods as much as you want? Like, that sounds like the dream, right? It's not a diet. And I think people, I think some, there's sub, some level of subconsciousness there where they, they know it's not going to work. Like in a way, in a roundabout way, they kind of know that any diet with unlimited amounts of certain foods, it's like the reason you're doing that diet is because of that reason. It's not really because I think you want to really lose weight. It's because that diet sounds more appealing because you can, because it's easiest, right? Or, and it's also a way of going, I'm on a diet and saying you're on a diet without really worrying too much about the hunger levels and that sort of stuff but I, and that but that's but that's for another we could run about that for, for another 20 30 minutes but it's just i think that's also why some people don't go for those kind of like our approach is a bit more well, it takes a bit more work it is a bit more hard work you have to learn there's elements to it where there's an education whereas that it's just a, oh i can eat as much as i want of this this and this and then just just count those ones oh that sounds easy um and they think they're getting somewhere with it um and obviously people do get results with it a little bit but there's also why they fail so many people um, it's I just there's no education no no I think they get results because they almost they probably flitter between that thought process of like you say they know that these certain foods these free foods aren't going to be um, or they're going to be counterintuitive if they consume too many of them to obviously help them lose weight they know that deep down somewhere but when they're feeling motivated and happy they don't have them that's when they then mm. they kind of flitter between that and then going well actually I don't feel quite on it today and oh I can have them what of like because it's sin free or whatever and then they 10 of them or 10 of them or none now, or actually, I don't know. They, I don't know what the rules are now, but I should. But there's a, there was a woman. There was a woman in the news the other day, and it was like she was devastated because she eats twenty of them a day, and she's like, mm. "Oh, now, now they count as a sin." I'm like, "You know, <laughs> you know, like having twenty of them a day is you're not losing. You're not losing weight. I know you're not. Like, so, and she knows it deep down. She, she's like, the reason she's upset is because she's now on a diet that has less calories in it, which means she's like, do, uh, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. She, now she's on a diet. Like, yeah, exactly. That's why she's annoyed because she's now hungry. It's, yeah, it's ridiculous. Saying, oh, I'm gutted. I'm gutted that I'm actually having to lose weight on this diet. Like, yeah, people will pick out the thing that's most appealing. Like, how many times do you get it? So, when's my first cheat meal? Can I drink this weekend? Fuck me. Come on. Like, you fucking had 20 years of cheat meals. Like, you can go for, for fucking four weeks without one, surely. Yeah. Like, People want the easy bit. They want, they want that bit. That that bit looks nice. They go on Instagram with the abs eating a pizza. I want that. You haven't got any abs yet, mate. So fucking put the hard work in first, you know. Yeah, we we started a diet called the seven donuts a week diet. Because that, and then if you sold it as that, and then just snuck in what was behind it after that, so you can have a donut a day. But the kicker is you've got to restrict your calories on this bit. It's just something as a donut. They, they still want yeah. to eat donuts and something, you know. Like they, they'll probably moan that it wasn't a fucking 
caramel filled one. Yeah. Um, shall we? Uh, so, Mike has already gone through. I think like every food swap ever lived. Um, so should we? Should we sort of ask like what are your what is your like number one favourite then? Let's let's give someone because obviously. Well, actually, no. Let's let's take it back a step actually first. So I don't yeah, know. I was going to say, should we? Should we explain kind of like why they're a they're a good thing? I think you did touch on it a little bit, Mike. But I don't know if you want to kind of talk about why high volume foods, other than the obvious being taking out calories why are they kind of a good thing for people dieting uh yeah so they, they're good for people dieting because people often want to put in makes you want to eat a little bit less um you have stretch restre- uh, receptors on your stomach as well so when you get you know when your stomach stretches it will send signals to tell you that you're satisfied or you're full so again if you're using uh, higher volume, lower calorie foods to do that, you've obviously achieved the same result, um, but for less of the calories, which is what the complete aim of, of a diet is, um, is to do to create a calorie deficit. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's fantastic. It's a fantastic way of being able to just give, your, make, give yourself the feeling of being satisfied after a meal. Because, you know, for, for some fucking females who are having to diet on 1,000, 1,200 calories or something like that, I, I can't think of anything more demoralizing than having, like, a fucking handful of rice with, like, a fucking chicken breast and that's it. That's your big meal for the day. Like, swap that rice and you can have a fucking mountain of celeriac chips. Like, yeah, it doesn't taste like chips. And when people complain, they go, it doesn't taste like McDonald's fries. Of course it fucking doesn't. Of course it doesn't. But you can have about a wheelbarrow full for fucking about 80 calories as opposed to fucking 400 from your McDonald's fries. Like, of course it doesn't. But if you're fucking hungry enough, you'll eat it. And if you want to diet enough, you'll fucking do it, you know? So that's why I would use higher volume foods to, to give you that full feeling, um, to make it feel less like a diet. Um, so that's why I would use them. And then obviously a lot of those foods come with high fiber as well, which typically tend to you know, you know be overlooked by a lot of people. Um, during everyday diets, people don't tend to get a lot of fiber unless they're, they're eating a lot of veg, which never really happens. But again, yeah, high in fiber, um, again, which promotes satiety as well. But um, yeah, that's why I would select them. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Dan, I don't know if you want to add anything or. Um, uh, I'm, from my personal experience, I'm, I don't need them as much as as mike does like i don't have the appetite that mike does my stomach's the size of a fucking golf ball i think it's tiny um so like for me like in the early stages of a diet i don't need to do it um i can just eat what i normally eat just at smaller quantities i still eat potato bread all that sort of stuff so i'm quite lucky in that regard um and i think i also then i attract similar clients to that like i not many of my clients are sitting there like, oh my God, I could eat a rhino. I'm like, Mike, I can eat loads and loads of food. And it's funny how a lot of Mike's clients are like that. And I just think obviously you attract what you put out, right? So a lot of my clients tend to be actually the other way in terms of like they were trying to gain muscle and they actually need to think more about their food volume in the opposite direction, which is, again, not what you asked, but it's, it's, it's another uh, topic. But yeah. So I, I'm not really someone that needs to stress too much about that. Um, I, it's only really the latter stages of a diet that I get into the, the higher volume foods and things like that. But um, I think it's always an interesting discussion because I've, I've, I've chatted to, to Mike about this before and it's, it's kind of like how long can you chronically keep eating high volume foods for before you're just always going to be hungry, like forever? Mm-hmm. Um, it's that kind of thing. And, Mike, that's kinda, and uh, my experience with Mike is always like he's always hungry. Like I've never known Mike to ever be full other than after a, a 10,000 calorie eating challenge. And it's kind of that, 
that whole thing of like, if I started doing it, would my stomach get bigger and bigger? And can I train it? Like, can you train your stomach to, to handle more food? And then are those stretch receptors then less, less sensitive? And then do you then have to eat more and more and more to then get that same feeling? Like, I, I, I don't know the answer to that question. Um, all I know is that for me, I really don't have to worry about it. It's not an issue. Um, like the, the worst, the kind of the, say the worst place, the, <laughs> sounds really bad. The worst swaps I have to do are like butternut squash for chips. Um, I would, I don't need to go to the depths of celeriac and all that sort of stuff. Um, but courgette, mushrooms, butternut squash, all for an active fry, pretty low calorie for me. And that, and I, I remember going out to Mike's once and I had like a smoothie bowl when I was dieting and I couldn't finish it. I was, it was like ridiculous. I was dieting and I had a smoothie bowl and I was like, I can't finish it, mate. I just, and he was just, he was raging at me. Um, but like, I was like, I just can't finish it. And he was just like, you're pathetic. Like, how can you not eat it? And I was just, and it just filled me up so much. Um, so I'm, I'm quite lucky in that sense. And that's why I kind of lean on Mike for a lot of the high volume recipes and tips and stuff. Um, and like I said, he's gone over all the ones that I would have used, to be honest. If there's, if there's a high volume food swap, Mike will know it. Like there's literally, I don't know anyone who doesn't, who, who knows more than the Mike on that topic. I really don't. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm kind of in Dan's sort of court. I'm terrible at eating. Like despite having been heavy, I think that's more down to sort of bad choices with liquid calories and, and stuff like that. I mean, when we've been out with Brett, when we went out for burgers, they were smashing their burgers easy. I'm like halfway through. And I'm like, I swear my stomach's like, yeah, we're done. That's cool. So mm. I'll, ne- I'll never be on any eating challenges. It's, it's just, it's just a weird sensation. Like I think as well, like I don't think enough people talk about it and like, I need to be better at putting it out there. But I always feel as a nutritionist that I don't want to portray eating loads of shit because on a daily basis anyway, because it's not, it's not the right, message to send out necessarily but there are some days where for me like i only have vegetables in my evening meal because i if i eat too much of it i just feel full like i just and i need to get calories in to grow muscle like, i'm tiny and i'm literally at the moment having like whey protein shakes with ice cream in for breakfast but lunch the other day i had two pork pies um a shop bought sandwich and a milkshake fridge milkshake and then i got home and i had like a burger with cheese on in a brioche bun with like homemade chips and like a corn on the cob. And then I had ice cream later on and I was like, I feel like, I feel like it's really bad message to send out, but there are people who genuinely want to put on muscle who can't eat that much food and they've always struggled to gain muscle. And the only way they're going to do that is by getting in calories that way. And it's just, it's just a funny conundrum, I think. And I don't, I'm always in two minds as to how much of it do I post and how much of it is, Am I actually portraying the right message by posting it? Because actually, look, this is what I do and this is healthy and you can still be healthy. And, you know, as long as you, you, you know, you take your multivitamins and your omega-3s as well, you're, you're kind of fine or whatever. But I still train and I still get my steps up. I still do that sort of stuff. And it's still like I'm, I'm healthy in that sense. And I just find it an awkward conundrum because I feel like, well, should I not be eating more veg? But then if I do, I will not hit my goals from a physique point of view. And I'm not fat. So it's like, well, what do you put first? And for me, it's like, well, I'm healthy. I'm trying to gain muscle. I'm not overweight. I've not got bad habits. I know what I'm doing. It's probably okay, right? But it's just weird because you don't see it that often. Like you say, most podcasts you get on or or videos, it's like, oh, I want to do about fat loss. I want to do about fat loss. And for me, that's never really been a massive problem. It's not really. Like like you, Paul, I just stop eating. Like it's not that difficult for me. Um, I just don't actually like the feeling feeling full. I know Michael, I'm a bit extra weird, but... 
Mike, never, Mike never feels full anyway. Like, <laughs> like, I just hate that. Like when you know, like when you eat and you're just like, oh, I can't move. I hate that feeling of. But see, to like, Mike, gets that sometimes after an eating challenge. Yeah, and like, and I said to him, I was like, I get like that sometimes after a meal. <laughs> like, I'm not joking. Like, I get to that point where I'm like, I feel sick. I'm like, ugh. Yeah, I get to the point where I'm like, I can't eat anymore. I feel sick, and I have to wait an hour or two, and then go back and have a little bit more or, or whatever. And and I think that it's funny how your own personal goals or your own personal relationship with food or feelings about it affect how you then advise clients and stuff like that. Because for me, it's like I always struggle if clients are like, oh, I'm really, you know, I need loads of high volume stuff, and I'm like, well, take out potato for a squash. I'm already doing that, and I'm like, Mike, um, <laughs> like what, you know, well, like, and it's only when I've been into really deep stage of dieting that I get into that that area of it and like it's really honestly like last six to eight weeks um but that's why i don't like i said i don't have any muscle that's why i find it harder the other way and it's why mike's got shit ton of muscle um because he can eat loads of food like it's it, it kind of shows it in, in in our physiques i suppose um, it's where's brett gone wrong hey good good hey. um i <laughs> find it interesting the polar opposites of like you two in in that respect um i would actually like I'd love to know the answer around, like, if we could find an expert that kind of knew more about this stuff, I suppose, because, like, like you, I don't know the answer, but I'd love to know the answer of kind of that, that uh, chronic chasing the feeling full and maybe, like, like you say, eating so many high-volume foods all the time, chasing that kind of stretch in the stomach, does it have any longer-term effects? I'd love to know the answer to that. Because, um, personally, I'm, I'm, like, I'm on your side, Mike, and I'm the type of guy that does chase that full feeling more often than not it's not like i can't be satisfied having smaller meals but i do have to be a lot more mindful about it if i am like i have to literally do the, the the trick of like sitting down on my own and eating a meal for me to then feel like actually i can have that meal and not feel like i have to eat more and feel like literally full to the brim but i couldn't do that if i went like if i wasn't paying attention like it just wouldn't happen so do you not think like it's that do you think there's anything to do? I know we love every love talk about hormones, but like sort of like whether your leptin and ghrelin sort of responses become blunted, not as opposed to stretching your stomach to be bigger. Obviously, that happens with especially around obese people, but like obviously there must be something along the lines of Mike's hormonal response, like his leptin and ghrelin levels, or act differently to say someone like mine or Dan's. Yeah. I've I've said to Mike before that I I think it'd be great to see if he could get tested for the you know that kind of response because genuinely there are some people who just don't you know that you know genetically who just who take a long time to feel full or you know all that sort of stuff and like I I just wonder if they're like say people out there like you know we see them on on YouTube and doing eating challenges where they just don't have that they just don't have it switched on the same level we all do and and like you said I think the people who don't eat as much definitely just have a, a you know a reduced response but I wonder with those people who eat loads whether it is just that they're so far off the chart that it's like because I, I talk to him i talk to mike about all the time with high volume i kind of say look what's the my argument is like well what's the point of keep doing it if you're still hungry even if you do it and it's like because it's like i'm 10 percent hungry rather than 50 percent or whatever and it's takes the edge off as it were but it, it's funny how like i've seen mike eat loads of volume food with hardly any calories i'm still hungry and i'm and i look at it and i'm like i couldn't even eat a quarter of it and it's just weird how you can both be in similar stages of diet um, when those hormones are, are downregulated, let's say from from that point of view, um, but but have very different responses. Yeah. But we know ge- genetically that um, you guys have heard of the FTO gene, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So genetically, then that um, affects obviously the appetite re- uh, regulation. So 
chances are maybe I've got the twelve F- of them. Yeah, loads of FTO genes. <laughs> but you know, it, it might be. Um, it might be the fact that you know it is hormonal. Um, it's obviously something physio- uh, physiologically that's different. So without testing, it's just guessing. But obviously, like there is uh, something in in the hormones with with the uh, with the FTO gene. So yeah, possibly that. Yeah, hmm. it's it's interesting, isn't it? Um, it's interesting how obviously you are obviously quite strict, rather I won't say restrictive. You're quite strict in obviously the rest of your time when you need to be there. So obviously you can clearly either manage, deal, or have that willpower you need when you need to have it. That's yeah. interesting. That's it. Like it's it's like it's just a switch that that goes. It's like and like I said, my appetite is huge. So this is why it leads me to think that people are just a little bit weak because I know how much I can eat, and like I'm not tracking at the minute, but I I know on a day on a daily basis without even tracking, and I'm still using volume food. So I I do have a mixture of you know five percent chips and butternut squash chips, so not entirely you know, but I'm still having smoothie bowls. I'm not fucking kicking the, the arse out of it, and I and I know without without even tracking that I'm over. I, I'm between three and a half to four thousand, like without even without even trying but i know that for example i went straight on to 1800 calories when i started my contest prep i know that as soon as i diet then i diet and it's almost like you just get on with it so i put up with being hungry i do all my little tips and tricks to, to like dan says to, to reduce that hunger from feeling fucking starving to like yeah i i, could, I still want to eat but actually you know that'll do. You know I'm happy with that full feeling. I I leave loads of calories to the evening, so like I'm literally having a fucking massive meal um, at like seven in the evening, and then I would have a smoothie bowl straight after, so half an hour later. So again, large volume, and then I know that an hour after that I would have a bowl of courgette oats topped with another smoothie bowl in yogurt and berries, and then an hour after that I would have a, a full tub of Halo Top. And then another hour after that, I would have another smoothie bowl with berries. So I know that I'm having a fucking fuckload within three to four hours before bed. So I've got that almost satiated feeling, helps me sleep a bit better as well. When in prep, obviously, sleep can be um, disrupted. Still is, but I imagine less so than had I been going to bed starving. Um, but yeah, so I just, you just get on with it. Like it's, it's just one of those things where, like I say, you just go, I'm dieting. So that's it. So, yeah, I'm hungry. Who gives a fuck? Like, it's just, about finding just, what works Mike for you. Mike just sounded well, like though. a much more handsome fish in a rice cake man, but with much <laughs> interesting food. Yeah. And then another smoothie bowl. I had like a smoothie bowl. And then, what is it? What is it after that? Oh, it's another smoothie bowl. I think it's one of those where, like, it is about finding what works for you, though, because I, I don't know many people that could get through their day on 300 calories split over two meals and then have all that in the evening. Like it wouldn't fit their way of eating. It wouldn't fit their lifestyle. Um, I certainly couldn't do it. And I have to, I do it differently because I couldn't eat that amount of food. Like that amount of food you described, I've seen it and I'm like, there's no way I could eat it. Or even if I was dieting, even if I was hungry. Um, and there's an element to it where like we're all so individual that when it comes to coaching and it comes out to giving advice, it's like, yeah, we're dictated a little bit by our personal preferences, but I've got clients that do what Mike does. I couldn't do it. Um, and likewise, I've got clients that do it almost in reverse. They have most of their calories in the morning because they feel better on it. And it's and this is the whole thing that I think with the, with the fitness industry that frustrates me is it's like, because Mike's doing that, it's like, that doesn't mean he's telling everyone else to do it. Like, it's, he's found what works for him. He's been in this game a long, long time. 
he's found what works for him. And I'm, like I said, for me, it's like in terms of gaining muscle now, I've found what works for me. And that's the whole thing. Is like, I'm not suggesting everyone has ice cream and whey protein for breakfast. That's not what I'm suggesting. Yeah. I'm suggesting that for me right now, it works. Yeah. But I don't understand this whole thing of like, because you're doing it, that's what you advise. That's, that's like yeah. ridiculous. That is that's obscene. Um, I have people, the same thing, like who will message to my Instagram stuff. And it's like, oh, that's not what I do. Yeah, but I'm putting that out on my Instagram because that's what I'm doing. Yeah. How am I going to Instagram? It's not, a, it's, not a step by, it's not a step-by-step guide like, of what to do. <laughs> like, like, how many people do you get on Instagram who go, yeah, but what about me in my special butterfly situation? Yeah, but that post isn't about you, you fucking idiot. I don't know who you are. Like, this post is about my observations about something else. Like, so if I'm posting about all my volume that I'm eating, that's because I'm eating it and people want to see what you're doing. It doesn't mean that if I'm given client such and such who doesn't like to eat that, I'm not going to give you that. Do you know what I mean? Like people just associate that that's the only way to do it. Like when you see keto, but, but that's but that's also what that's because that's what all the shit coaches do. Like literally, they're like, oh, I'm having chicken, rice, and broccoli, or chicken and a rice cake, a fish and a rice cake, right? And they assume that because that's what they do, that's what they give out. And it's like we need to get past that. And, and like you say, you can't do it every day in your stories. Go, this is what I'm eating today. Oh, and disclaimer: I'm not recommending you do this. This is just what I'm doing right now. And it's that whole thing of do you do we or do we live in a society now where we need to have that? disclaimer on fucking bleach bottles still saying don't drink like then people are stupid and we don't we can't every day go right i'm doing this but this is for my unique situation right now you need to find what works for you and it's like well that's why people pay us money i'm not gonna respond to every single message on instagram going oh for your situation oh yeah do this this and this let's have a nutrition consultation it's like no like if you want it then i'll coach you and i'll tell you find your way of doing it this is my way of doing it and i think that People read far too much into what they see and assume that you're recommending it. And it's like, what Mike does is very unique to Mike, as with most things Mike does, to be honest. Um, it's, that's his way of doing it. And I just think that people need to have that, that level of common sense when they see stuff and go, right, that's, that's why he's doing it, because it works for him. Mm-hmm. We had a conversation or a debate around like um Bray's ice cream and Bray's gate and it was like I got annoyed at some point where like you'd express your opinion but you'd have to say that's my opinion beforehand because people yeah. can't you can't you can't just say no that's shit in your opinion that's shit well of course it's in my opinion I shouldn't have to state it's my opinion like it's just that's and that's the same thing I like, say you almost a disclaimer that like, you have to give out every yeah. time to say oh, it's follow what I'm doing it's, it's it's ridiculous like we did it like on me and Tom did it on a podcast we did um like a biscuit like crisp rankings and we were like, this is our, this is our ranking. We've decided that we, this, is what we, this is what we believe, whatever. People then message you going, oh, no, you got it wrong. I'm like, no, I got it right, mate. It's my opinion. It's my podcast. I do what the fuck I want. <laughs> like, no, that's your right. That's fine. But, and it's the whole thing of like, everyone is so quick to give their opinion on their unique situation. And it's like, no, I'm not bothered about your unique situation. This is just my situation that I've talked about. Like, I don't follow your Instagram. Like, you follow mine. Like, it, not in a big-headed way, just in a way of like, so don't like assume that I'm suggesting that everyone does it. I don't know. It, it baffles me. Like with the Breyers stuff, like I don't like the cookies and cream Breyers. Mike thinks it's the best ice cream in the world. He'd choose it over Ben and Jerry's probably. But I'm like, but I don't like it. But I don't then every time you post it, go, you're a dickhead. Actually, I do put you a dickhead. But I don't then go like, oh, you're wrong. Or this is, in, this is incorrect information. It's like, it's not information. It's just someone's opinion like this is this is basically me and matt morgan matt saying like the vanilla braise is the best ever and i'm like you're an idiot mate you are wrong and i 
that, that got out of hand because I just kept trolling him all the time. So yeah, he is, he is wrong. He is wrong. Well, he is wrong. Well, then you can also be wrong with that opinion because he is yeah. wrong. Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> Did I forget everything we've just said, Matt? You are wrong. That's, that's exactly what I said. I said to, you do realize that you can be wrong in opinion. It's, no, you can't. It's my opinion. No, you can be wrong in opinion, and you are because it's fucking terrible. Although, yeah, also, the, you can be wrong in opinion. Because if I said my opinion is the Nazis were the, the kindest people that ever lived. <laughs> Probably not the best opinion, is pa- it? Paolo, did I not use Hitler as a good example? That some people thought Hitler was a decent guy. There we I go. I said that. I said, and I'll be honest, they were fucking wrong. So yeah, well, I'm they sure were. they did. He did have a girlfriend for a while. Yeah, exactly. Does that make him probably short though, don't he? <laughs> <laughs> he was a, he was a oh, she... as well, so he must be a fucking good guy. Yeah. Mate, she was in it. She was in it for the fame, I reckon. So, <laughs> 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 like, just touching on, like, I suppose. This whole concept of, um, what's, what am I trying to say? The concept of, I guess, like not the persona, but like the 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 concept you're putting out in terms of like you eating challenges, um, you know, like the stuff you might put on your Instagram. Like my, you, you've you seen my Instagram's full of shit. Like, and I do sometimes have to kind of do the whole realism post of in air quotes of like, oh, I don't always eat like this. You know, you might see burgers and stuff, but obviously I do eat vegetables kind of thing because you do feel like I'm putting out the wrong opinion or the wrong perception to people sometimes. So do you think like the eating challenges could, because obviously I guess people are always going to have an opinion on this and be like, oh, I don't think it's set a very good example to your clients or to anyone that might follow you. Kind of what do you think about that? I, 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 before before Mike, before Mike goes off, because I, I can see him <laughs> raring, raring to go, I just want it on record that all the things he's about to say are things that I've said and he's just going to steal all the jokes. He's going to steal all the little anecdotes and he's going to go with them. Um, but um, yeah, I'm going to let, I'll let Mike go of it because I, I don't really compete in the eating challenges. I just turn up. So yeah, I think it's, it's Mike's, uh, it's Mike's floor. I suppose, as, isn't it? as this is like obviously a podcast and we don't put the video out. Dan is basically like an owner of a dog let go of the leash and I can see Mike run <laughs> yeah. running you know, I'm, I, through the park with his tongue lolling out to the side. I think we should just keep talking for another couple of minutes just to keep it going because he just, you can tell he's raring to go with it but um, yeah no, it's been, I suppose it's, it's an interesting it's an interesting debate but it's um, like you say about opinions mate It's uh, some people can be wrong You know when things just build up and then you just you, you know, you come straight away <laughs> this is what's happening with with you guys. You're just winding me right up here. About to erupt. Yeah. So, um, no, I don't think it's um, a bad example to set because it's entertainment um, at the end of the day. And I think that it's not promoting binge eating. It's not encouraging any. We're not actively saying to anybody go out and fucking smash food in your face. Um, it's not going to give anybody an eating disorder. I think eating disorders are psychological disorders that almost aren't even about the food from time to time. And certainly not watching a food challenge is not going to give anybody an eating disorder. Like that is not going to happen. Um, so for example, that's like, that's like saying, well, I can't watch Breaking Bad because I'm probably going to end up addicted to meth. Like it's not going to happen. It's, and it's entertainment. So I don't personally feel that it's irresponsible to put it out. It's a bit of fun for what it is. People enjoy watching it. There's actually people who make a living off this, who do this on YouTube, who do competitive eating events all over the world. Man versus fucking food. What the fuck? A massive TV show. That's on there. That's pretty much exactly the same thing. Food challenge every week. 
what's the fucking difference if just because we're in the fitness industry, why are we so pretentious to, to be like, anybody gives a fuck what actually I'm eating or what I'm doing? Like, of course, I'm not saying to people, if you've got an eating disorder, go and smash over food in your face. Like, on the, in the same merit, posting topless photos or posting you in the gym could give somebody the, the, the false opinion of, oh, God, I need to be that lean and maybe promote orthorexia. Like, so where does it stop this nitpicking? Like, where if you did anything now, it can upset somebody. It's like me going, I don't like antiques. So, do you know what? I'm going to ring up Antiques Roto and tell them to stop showing it. Just don't fucking watch it then. If you don't like it, don't watch it. Like, it's as simple as that. Oh, I don't like antiques. Don't watch it, mate. We're still going to wear it. And it's like, it's one of those things where, like, boxing, like, this is, this, is, this is what Dan was saying earlier about his sort of analogies. Boxing isn't promoting violence. I'm not going to watch a boxing match and then go out and smash somebody in the face outside. The Formula One isn't promoting speeding. Like, it's entertainment. I think people know that hitting somebody in the face probably isn't the best thing to do or speeding in their car probably isn't the best thing to do. Yet you don't see Lewis Hamilton going, just a disclaimer, guys, don't drive like this at home. Like, it, it doesn't happen. So why are people on the high horse about saying that it's, it's just binge eating um, and promoting binge eating? That's so far from the truth. It's untrue. Like, you just can't develop an eating disorder from watching a food challenge. It doesn't happen. Yeah, I, think, I think people who compete and diet going through that situation myself and that process to that extent, that is more likely to give you an eating disorder than watching an eating challenge. Because if you actually watch eating challenges, you'll see how fucking disgusting the food is. And it almost puts you off eating. It's that bad. So if anything, dieting promotes more eating disorders than anything else. Because I know that after hard dieting in the past, rigid dieting on meal plans, that coming out of the back end, I've been absolutely fucked. I've gone through binge starve cycles. I've felt guilty when I've eaten foods. I've overly restricted, overly done too much cardio. And now when I'm doing these, it's almost like my relationship with food is that good that I can do this, not feel any guilt because at the end of the day, I've eaten some food. I've not gone out and murdered anybody. It's fucking food. It's enjoyable. So what? People want to see it. Like, and I feel good about that. I don't need to overly restrict. I'm not, I'm eating what I normally eat on a day-to-day -day basis. My hunger's sound. Like, I'm not fucking guilty. That's it. Simple, long and short. I, I think, I think in an industry that is so heavily focused on how people look, um, Mike touched on it there. I think if you were to put into, you know, two, two categories and go, right, is, is posting topless selfies or, you know, photo shoot pictures, um, you know, with un unattainable physiques for most people use of steroids but not disclaiming that you're using steroids is that versus an eating challenge which is going to cause more eating disorders 100 percent, it's the it's the, the images and i think that in the fitness industry you're all very quick to post pictures of ourselves with our abs out and like I'd, I'd actually say on most of the pictures that we post with our abs out i would say we say i don't look like this now yeah and not many people do that not many people do that um and I think some people are very quick, like Mike said, to jump on their high horse without looking at themselves and going, actually, what am I doing to promote healthy eating or to promote a healthy you know, relationship with food and stuff? And actually, I think posting pictures of yourself 
regularly shredded without disclaiming the fact you are in fact not that way now um is is a way i think of, of developing poor relationships with with food and dieting like mike said dieting for chronically long periods of time on low calories is actually more likely to cause binge eating than watching someone consume ten thousand calories at breakfast and then actually not feeling great at the end of it and you go in oh that doesn't look like fun and most of the feedback i've had from my clients and some of them have had eating disorders in the past have said actually that is positive because they go actually they're like oh my god like it looks horrific i'd never want to do that so is that promoting eating disorders the fact that people are going i'd never want to try that like i'm not saying that we're it's a good like that we're it's the other way i'm not i'm not suggesting that but it's pretty neutral it's entertainment it is like i said before about the boxing or the f1 the f1 is dangerous people die motor gp people die boxing people die but yet people still pay to watch it and they don't go out and beat their wife when they get home. It's not, like, it's not promoting domestic violence because you've been to watch a boxing match. Mm. You're psychologically in a place where you abuse someone. That's different. And I just think that, I just, I just, I just think it's, it's a bit ridiculous because they've clearly never watched them. Because again, you watch them and you go, God, that does not look like fun. Um, and I think the, the whole thing about the storage is a bigger issue in the industry. For me, I think like... <laughs> That's a bigger issue that the industry needs to call out and call bullshit on before we start fucking thinking about food challenges. Like, seriously, I think there's a few bigger issues in the industry at the moment than fucking eating a bit of food. To be honest, watching the videos made me really want a chicken nugget. I haven't had one in for as long as I can remember, to be honest. Although, to be honest, like, would you not choose crispy strips over chicken nuggets? It's the chicken nugget challenge, though, that's been done, so we're going for a world record. Yeah, the strips are better. Yeah. But that video didn't want you to... You probably didn't want to eat 111 of them, did you? You probably fancied a box. Do, do, do you want to know what? Right, I nearly messaged you and said, "I'm not saying I could do it, but I really want to try. Like, I really want to just get 160 chicken nuggets and give it a go." But, but I think, but I don't think that I don't think <laughs> that's. Yeah, but did you? Is one? But like... No, no. no. I, I, to be honest, I know when I say that, I don't mean like, oh, it's really encouraging me to binge eat. I'm definitely yeah, yeah. saying that. What I'm saying is, I'm a bit competitive. I'm with like... big appetite to go. Do you know what? I, I fancy yeah. go. Yeah. But again, you've probably got a good relationship with food, like so you know that if you did do that, it wouldn't be at any detriment to you. Like yeah, so, sure. it is intriguing to go. Oh yeah, I could have a go. That's in the same way as do you know what? I, I like boxing. I might go and have a go at that. It's the same fucking thing. Like, but you know it for what it is. Like, we're not saying we're fucking doing this all the time and then going to the bathroom and throwing up. Like, it's not what it is. That's not what it's about. Like, neither of us have got eating disorders. There's fucking numerous people that do it, like I say, for a fucking living. Like, we're just a couple of guys just doing it for a bit of a laugh. And that's it. Like. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think that's. that's Not to beat me at chicken nuggets. No way. I'm not having it. Yeah, I mean, like you said, before we get any challenges flying around. Like you're saying, if someone watched that, the chicken, or any of the food challenges, A, who's going to develop that as a habit because it costs a fuckload of money to go out and spend that. Every, so it's not like people can do it every day. Just a stupid, I, I over soft uh, world that we're living in. That I don't needs believe to- that anybody would be influenced that much to develop a full-blown eating disorder, which is a fucking dreadful psychological fucking um, disorder. I don't think I one video would influence somebody that much to to get addicted to chicken nuggets. Like it's not going to fucking happen. Like and and, so and even if and even if it did and even if it did, which it doesn't, you have the choice, like we talked about before, to, to not watch it. 
Like, it's a YouTube channel that you can just go, I'm not going to watch that video. Even if you liked all the other videos, you would just go, I'm not going to watch a challenge video. Like, we know someone, one of Mike's clients messaged me today and was like, I just can't watch them because it makes me feel sick watching Mike eat the way he eats. And it's like, that's fine. <laughs> so, she, so she just doesn't watch them. And I'm like, well, imagine sitting next to him having to eat as well. That's even worse. But she was like, I just don't watch them. I'm like, that's fine. And that's the common sense thing to do is you have an opinion, you don't want to watch it, you watch all the other stuff and you just don't bother. You don't go and hit the dislike button just to be a fucking bitch, do you know? Yeah, like, yeah. And, and I think that's the, that's the thing for me is it's like, you're an adult, you've got a choice. Like, you're trying to highlight it because someone else has done a video and you're not 100% happy with it, like Mike said about the Antiques Roadshow. Like, there's no need to try and make content out of it and try and turn it around and make you look good and you look on your high horse when... Actually, there's probably things that about your content that maybe that person's content or whoever's content that you could then pick holes with. But if you start looking and picking holes and everything, you'll find something. Of course you will. What, but what, you're overanalyzing it. It's, ent it's like it's entertainment. It's that's all it is, pure and simple. What about when you see a Jack Daniels advert on the telly and people are getting drunk having fun? Is that promoting alcoholism? If 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 I'm an alcoholic and I'm sat watching that, is is that promoting alcoholism? Like, is it? I don't know. Is it's not forcing like, you to drink? Is it? Is it like I don't know. I just think it's a really like. Oh, it just it just it just annoyed me. Like, it just annoys me. Like the whole, the whole concept of it is it's like, yeah, just I, picking I, up on. I was just, just going to say, like, um, obviously, you both going through um, MNU and stuff, and obviously the 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 lecture content they go through on eating disorders, and obviously Ursula Philpot, I remember um, presenting some of the content on how like the eating disorders, obviously, or the whole the whole concept of eating disorders is obviously multifaceted, so complex. Um, most people tend to have something where, I don't know if, they, I don't, I can't remember if it was like past experience, or, but basically it's almost like predetermined, almost. Like if you get, if you have an eating disorder, you develop an eating disorder, it's likely that not gonna be something specifically has caused it. It's gonna be something that's predetermined for a long time. Um, and it might be something kind of triggers it off, is any way to describe it, or just brings it yeah. out. Um, and obviously I, I've had conversations before where I've said, like you can almost argue that Every bodybuilder's got a fucking eating disorder. Just yeah, tracking macros, you could argue. You could yeah. even, there's an argument. We've heard arguments for that, tracking macros, tracking calories, um, tracking your training, tracking mm. your, your lifts, you know. You could even, there's an argument we had for that to say that's some sort of disordered eating or, or all that sort of stuff. And I just think that it, it just baffles me as well because there's the whole argument as well of like, there's people in the fitness industry I know, I, you know of them who you've, you may have heard or whatever, but they look great, but then they've got a binge eating problem and they're hiding it and they don't show it. And it's like, well, at least we're fucking making a video about it, even if it was. If that was the case, which it isn't, it's like, well, we're, we're showing you that we eat this amount of food and then we can control our weight still and all this sort of stuff. So it's like, well, there are some people who don't put it out there and they, and they are promoting this whole, oh, I just eat really healthy all the time. I never eat anything. And then they're binging their tits off on pizza and donuts at the weekend and not showing you that. And it's like, well... I just find it a really odd argument, to be honest, because like you said, I know people that have been through eating disorders and I coach some people who have been through them previously and you speak to them and it's like, it's not about fucking food. It's not about avocados or donuts or brioche bread or whatever French toast. It's not about that. There's so many things going on in their life and you get to the, like you say, the root of it and you realize that it's a mixture of psychological, physical stress, all these sorts of things. And to say that eating challenges is promoting binge eating or is going to promote eating disorders, for me, shows a fundamental lack of knowledge about eating disorders and about actually understanding what causes them. Yeah. In my mind, it does. Because I don't think that, I'm not being big-headed here, but I don't think myself and Mike would put content out that we know could promote that if we genuinely felt it would. 
we're not idiots. We've been through, like you said, Emma knew, like we've, we've done degrees, we know what we're doing. And I don't think we would put out content that's promoting that. We're not going, like the neck nominate challenge. We're not nominating people to go and do it. We're not saying, right now you go. This is, and I, and I say, it's easy for me because I don't fucking do them. I literally do a third of what Mike does. And for me, that's a lot and I can't finish it. So again, for me, it's not really, not really my place to say anything. But with Mike, he's nearly like 100 kilos. His actual TDE is actually probably nearly somewhere on some days 4,000 calories. So actually, he's not actually eating that far over his calories anyway for the day. Um, and there are some people that just do IF and they just eat one meal a day. Well, is that binge eating? Is that promoting binge eating? Because they only eat one meal a day. Like they eat, you know, let's say they're size, they eat 4,000 calories in a meal. Well, is that promoting binge eating? No, it's just their way of eating. Um, and I think that you, it's just massively overanalyzing something that's there for entertainment. That's all it is. Agreed. Agreed. Good way to, to round that off. I think like, I'd be keen, Mike. What are your tactics and I say, Mike, sorry, Dan, like because obviously you don't need any tactics, clearly. I have no tactics, mate, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what are your tactics pre and post uh, eating challenges, I think? I guess, like, and I, I suppose, like, you can include, like, your entire week and stuff, because I guess, like, if you just take the maths, so, like, if you say TDE, three and a half, four thousand 4,000 calories over a week, and if you're doing, like, 12,000 calories, how do you manage that in, like, your entire week, and then how do you also manage it on the day? So, do you know what? I don't... Um... I did for the first one because I was I was a little bit worried of how it was going to affect me. But then after the first one, I realized it actually didn't. Um, so when you look at overeating data anyway, that um, like you've got all sorts of things to take into account. So, for example, I'm 100 kilos. Um, so my glycogen capacity is probably, you know, somewhere between 1,000 to 1,200 grams of carbs. So automatically, that's at least 4,000 calories that I can replenish glycogen straight away before you've even touched anything else. Um, and then say my TDE, let's say it's three and a half thousand. So again, that's seven and a half thousand there. Then taking into account if I've trained that day, I might have done 500 calories of cardio. So that's 8,000. And then let's say I upregulate my knee genetically by a little bit more. So I've had more calories might be an extra, say five, 600. So that's 8,600. So then actually the overeat there and then the thermic effect of food of 10,000, a thousand calories. So then actually is the overeat that big? We don't know. Like, so the first challenge I dieted, I fasted the, the day before, um, and then I realized after, you know what, I still look all right. So then I just carried on. And then I've only done two real big ones, two 10,000s. And you can, you can deal with that. Because people will often do 10,000 a day if they're, if they're not mindful about their food. Like let's say they're on holiday and they have an all-you-can-eat all you buffet breakfast, they sip in cocktails by the pool, they, they have the pizza for lunch, they go out and have a burger and an ice cream for tea. 10,000 can easily come. I've only done two of those over the past five months that I've been out of contest prep. I've done two. That's not a lot. The others, the chicken nuggets came in at 7,000, which again, taking everything into account, which I've just said, is it that much of an overeat? Not really. Um, the Jaffa cakes was 4,000, nothing. Um, and I think that that's about it. We've just done a cereal one, which came in at 7,000. Again, when you look at the magnitude of overeating, over the large scale of time, it's actually nothing. So I don't really prepare pre or post. I take it for what it is. I don't really change my eating habits. Um, if I'm a little bit less hungry the next day, I might eat a little bit less, and that's it. But I've still got hunger. I don't change any of my food choices, really. I'm, I don't add in any extra work. It is what it is, and of course I've gained a little bit of weight, but I got to, I, I've done seven months of hard dieting for a show, and I got to 
levels of leanness that aren't healthy anyway. So I can actually gain a little bit of body fat and be fine with that and still look all right and feel all right and be healthy. And like I say, my relationship with food is good. And if I didn't have a good relationship with food, I feel that if I do a challenge and then I then starve myself to compensate, then you are starting to get into a bit of that cycle to almost punish yourself for doing that. But there's really no need. And you take it on the chin and then as soon as I go, do you know what? I'm looking a little bit soft. I'm really not happy doing this. I knock it on the head. Like, it's as simple as that. Like, it's not like I can't stop it. Mm. I'm just going, we're not doing a food challenge. Like, I'm going to diet for about six weeks for a photo shoot at the end of November. So, mid-October, mid I'm probably not going to be doing them. Like, simple as that. Like, I just stop. So, I don't really prepare pre or post. Like I said, I thought I was going to have to before the first one. But then I actually realized nothing happens. I'm fine. Like, and it's all good. Do, do you prepare from, like, from an appetite perspective? As in, do you, no. like, you just... So you go in, no. so you don't you don't even kind of, I wouldn't say starve, because I don't, it's a, I don't I mean, I'm not a competitive eater, so I have no idea really, but you kind of feel like you should leave a little bit of room in the stomach before you start eating, so. I, I perhaps should do, but like I say, for the cereal one, the other day, I knew I was eating as much cereal as I could, but for breakfast I had a bagel, um, fucking a tub of Greek yoghurt, um, I think I had a bowl of cereal actually, and... <laughs> Greek yogurt, uh, I, had, yeah, Greek I had um, eggs, uh, I had an egg omelette. I ate loads. I, I'd probably eaten about fucking 2,000 calories before I even did the challenge. So I'm not really worried about about any of it. Like, I don't prepare. Like I say, for the first one, I fasted. And if I was going to do another big one, which I probably will get in before we um, before we compete, uh, well, before I go into into prep or whatever, because um, at 1,000 subscribers, I'm, I'm going to go for 1,000 calories for every hour of the day, so 24,000. So for that one, I know that that is a big overfeed, really, for me. So then I probably would prepare in the lead-up. I wouldn't ever try to claw anything back because I feel that that's the wrong way around to do it. I don't ever think you should be compensating afterwards because that over-restriction afterwards without another goal to aim for, without something there, could probably lead to another binge because you're then going to feel hungry again, tired, you know, fucked off, and you might then overeat. I would always go the other way and prepare and diet up to it and then you've hit that and then that's it back to normal and um, rather than trying to claw it back so for, for a big one then yeah i might lower my calories to 1500 2000 in the run-up i might fast the day before if i could um but it's all well and good having a plan but it's like like me and dan both tried to fast for the second one i think and we were both like do you know what sod it i'm not gonna fucking do it who like who cares like because without that goal of trying to be lean or anything like that, you know as well as I do that dieting becomes very, very hard unless you've got some kind of adherence factor to stick to. Like, I can't personally diet without, without a photo shoot or a contest or a holiday like, because there's just, the goal isn't big enough for me to, to do it because I love food too much. You know, I just would rather just be content with how I look at the minute and not really be bothered about being shredded. And then when the time comes, and that's when you diet, right? Sure. Yeah. Which, um... Which challenge has been the most damaging on the toilet the next day? None of them. None of them? Um, no, well, when you think about the, the volume of food that I eat anyway, the volume of food probably isn't different on the food challenges. So, like, the the biggest challenge is for the 10,000 in a meal. But if you think about it, that's pretty much all I add for, for the most of the day. But that's pretty much what I eat in terms of volume-wise anyway, but just spread out, like... Mm. So nothing really changed um, at all. I've never really... Because a lot of people said that, oh, I feel sorry for your toilet. 
Nothing, nothing happened. Like I was fine. Like I was yeah, so actually the more fibre you had previously was actually worse for it. <laughs> like, mm. Not that much fibre. Because well, I had real bad digestion during my contest prep because I was having xanthan gum in fucking about ten smoothie bowls a day. My fat was really high because I was fucking <laughs> smashing in the broccoli and the celeriac, and I was on the toilet four or five times, like genuinely, like a day. And and now it's regular, just once a day. And after a food challenge, that's it, done. Like sound, like. Honestly, nothing, nothing bad happened. Mm. Nothing bad happened. I was hoping, I was hoping it was going to be like a big Linford <laughs> Christie leg in the toilet. Don't try it. You will die if you try it. You will die. That is a genuine thing. Um, all your family will die as well. <laughs> and your dog. Fucking hell, come on. Do you want to know my tactics or, or not? Yeah. No. Oh, go on. Go on. <laughs> no, I don't have any tactics. No, basically, after every single one, though, I've like... It's funny how we talked about appetite regulation and stuff because after every single one, I'm not eating for the rest of the day. And most of them are done at like lunchtime. And I just literally, I did nothing. And I get so full and I just never even look at food. And I text Mike and he's like, oh, I've just had this, I've just had my dinner, I've just had that. I'm still hungry. There's like one with the chicken nuggets. He just had ice cream after it. And I was just there, I was like, no, I'm actually full, like still, as well as obviously the sickness of the, of the nuggets. But um, like we've, we've talked about different things and talked about different ways of doing it because the next day after it, you do wake up quite hungry. Which is weird. So it's like you almost need to do one before you do one, um, like with the tactics of it. But, um, but yeah, you know, it's an athletic endeavor. Like Mike's an athlete now. This is this is his training. You know, this is it. I'm going to start coaching him now on how to do it. I'm going to do the research, and we're going to be. I'm going to be an eating challenge coach. I think now. I swear down your. Yeah, I was going to say. I swear. I swear that I've never seen anybody eat a Krispy Kreme as slow as Dan. Yeah, I enjoyed it, mate. It's challenge. Yeah, but there's enjoying it. But honestly, it was like yeah. one one donut and half a muffin. I even a- I even said no. I even said like with the Krispy Kreme one where I was eating it outside Krispy Kremes. I even said Michael do these twelve before I finish these two, and I was enjoying them, and they were nice. And it just shows you how, like that was just me just nonchalantly eating yeah, two donuts. But, but you're <laughs> going against the whole premise of a food challenge. It's it's not there to be enjoyed to fucking savor it on the palate. Like again, like your I'm, just, I'm just promoting a healthy, healthy you... relationship with food, mate. I'm oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh... they are so hard. They are li- honestly, they are so hard. Like, it's it's the when they get the comments from people like, oh, I could do that. It's like, no, you you couldn't. Like, it's and when I say it as a, I, I'm not, I don't joke when I say it's an athletic endeavor. It is like genuinely. Like, you know, when you, like I said, when you see boxers or you see footballers, like they're trained at that level to perform at that way and they do it and they make it look effortless. That's kind of their, that's kind of what they do and why they're a good athlete. And I'm not even joking. When you watch um, Beer Meets Food, you watch Eric the Electric, they talk about training. I'm not even joking. Like, we've obviously not gone to that level of detail, but like they train their stomach, they train their body to do it because it's, it's physically, like you see Mikey sweating. He's like, you go through these stages of feeling like, nauseous because of the sugar and all this sort of stuff and your body tries to fight it and it's like it's not normal like it's not just like a, a, it's not just like a big meal you're having here it's not like that mm. um it's 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 weird and when you see the comments people are like oh i could do that it's like no you couldn't or i could i could eat i could beat mike you might be able to beat me that's not hard anyone can do that um but maybe me and you paul should have one maybe we should do it in times um but like it's it's going to be cheap. Makes, oh, yeah, that's going to be, yeah, that's exactly, that's, that's, why like, that's why I like it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, great. We could, me and Dan could take you to one, because if Brett can eat, then we can see. 
Do it if you want, though. Do it if you want, but don't. I'm not forced into it. Right? I, I reckon we'll set it up because I think that, that could be uh, fun watching. I, I'd like to be fair. Like I say I'm I'm quite competitive, so I would I'd like to give it a go, especially the chicken nuggets. I don't know why. Probably it is. Mate, do you know what? Like, I, thought, I genuinely thought I had a chance of breaking a world record. So I was like, do you know what? Because I've done 80 off the cuff before. Like, the uh, two weeks before, I'd done 80 and three double cheeseburgers on a night out, right? Mm. And I was like, fucking hell, I could do that. I could do it. But tell you what, because you, if you watch the video, I did 80 in the first 15 minutes, which mm. meant that for the next 45, I only did 31. Like, it's not the fact that you're full, it's the fact that the taste gets you. And you, we sped the video up during this part. And with every one, I felt like I was going to throw up. Like, I felt like I was going to throw up. And like Dan said, I went straight to the fridge and got ice cream. Like, it wasn't that there's full feeling. It was the fact that that same taste, that same grease and fat, and it's just horrible. And it's almost like your body wants it out of you. So it's, it's a task in itself to keep it down. So then, yeah, I got the ice cream. But, like... It, it sounds easier than what it is because I was like, I'm going to be a world record holder. I was like, get it. I couldn't believe it, but yeah, it's fucking hard. Like, it is hard, and there's a reason why the 150 is the best in the world because it doesn't sound like a lot, but there's a fucking reason why it is because it's fucking hard. What the ones with the same food are the hardest. They they are the hard. They are definitely the, the hardest ones to to get your head around. Yeah, I, I I said to you, Martin, I said like the the eating challenge I've done where they've been just in like restaurants and stuff. It's always the the the, the fat content and the salt yeah. that just kills you. Like you're like I I remember the point I was eating this like burger challenge, which was like ridiculous. But and I was like, I think it's similar actually. I think I'd probably done eighty percent of it within about fifty minutes. I had an hour to do it, and I didn't even finish it because I was like. Hit the wall. My, yeah, my, my my appetite went from fifteen to minus five in a minute, from one minute to the next almost. So I just this, this I can't, my, I just can't imagine another mouthful of that coming down my throat. Yeah. It's just, it's just like, oh. yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. And I've had people before like message me and go, I do five thousand calories on a cheat day without even thinking. What you do five thousand on a cheat day without thinking? Of course you do. That's over fucking sixteen, eighteen hours. Like, of course you do. Like, I do 5,000 calories a day without with, with eating volume food. Like, shut the fuck up. Eating 10,000 calories in fucking 45 minutes is completely different to eating 5,000 in 24 hours. Mm. So regardless of what you think you can do, when you're faced with it and when it's there, mm. you are fucking 20, 30 minutes in, it's a different ball game Because all that food that, that you think is delicious suddenly tastes like dog shit. Like... Yeah. Like you, you go fucking hell! I can't wait to eat this pizza, this cheesecake, all this, all, all of this. You, know, I can't wait. And fucking thirty minutes in, you want it out of the fucking sight. Like, like I can eat. I've, I've obviously, you know, I'm thirty. I've eaten with a lot of people, and people I've always been known for having a big appetite in front of all my friends and stuff. And I've never met anybody who can come anywhere close to me. So it makes me laugh when people go, oh, "I could do it easy," like you couldn't. Like somebody once said, oh, I could beat you a, a pizza challenge. I was like, all right, okay. They got to 17, and in the same time, I got to 27. And they professed to be in a big eater. And then I stopped because they'd stopped. I could have gone more. And it's like, you don't know until you do it. Like, so it makes me laugh. Just yeah, uh, I, think, I think people don't get it as well, do they? Like, people see it, but they don't also eat it. It's a different sort of challenge because some of the food is cold as well. It's not... Yeah. Like when you first get it, it changes the ability mm -hmm. to eat it. But like when you look at Usain Bolt run 100 metres, you go, that looks easy, he's running in a straight line. I can have a bat at that. Like, 
But again, it's just you don't see it until you do it. And go actually, fucking hell, I can only run it in fourteen. Like, and it, although it's only four seconds off, it's still fucking miles behind. Like, it's that. It also it also helps that you've got me next to you, making you look even better. But I it? think you hinder me because I think people think you're so bad. It almost takes away from what I'm doing now because yeah. they're going, well, he's fucking dreadful, but he's about average. So I think you're that bad. You're bringing. Yeah. You're lowering his bar. I think. Yeah. Uh, I think that the lesson people here, or the value people can take away from this part of the, the episode is, is... No, no, no see, the value people take away here is food variety. Don't make it too var- uh, variable, because you'll just want more. Keep and it... that's exactly... That oh, is it, though. Yeah. Genuinely, like, yeah. That is it. With diets, like, yeah. That's the thing. I, I said to clients before about flexible dieting, is like, no, pick your, like, 10, 12 meals you have regularly during the week. Stick to them. Because that's what Mike does now. He's off-season, like, he like, eats foods he enjoys, like the smoothie bowls. He still eats them because he enjoys them. And it's like, if you find those meals you enjoy, it's amazing how easy it is to stick to your calorie target or stick to a, some sort of, you know, calorie intake over a week. Because then you can go out and have a meal and you can enjoy it and for what it is. Um, because like you say, if you start picking all these little bits, you do find it easier to eat more. Because mm. the amount of times, like I said, Mike did the nuggets and was like, I could eat ice cream. It's like amazing. You go, what? And you're like, yeah. Um, and, and like when you have the variations of food, you go from sweet to savory, it's easier. Um, yeah, and it, that is that is definitely something people can can take from it. Um, Plus our uh, tagline then: food variety, less is more. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> yeah. we, we we did a whole episode, didn't we? Really about um, basically, I can't remember what the title was now, but just because you can, should you? And that was kind of basically aimed at mm. like just because you can flexible diet, should you do it? And that was kind of the premise of just you know f- f- limiting food to like certain meals you enjoy and just keeping to them and not having too much. Cause you know, we all know some people that if they eat square chocolate, they're gone. They're having the whole bar. They're not. Whereas if they hadn't had the square, they'd have probably been all right and not had it. Cause there's just some people, as soon as they go for something hyper palatable, they just can't stop. So sometimes restricting is just the far better option for some people. Yeah. So, so like me with crack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although you tend to move it around. Rather than use it, though, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, true. It's, it's one of those ways as well like once you find those meals you enjoy it, does, it doesn't feel so restricted anymore either I think that's the other thing is you know there's a difference between a restrictive meal plan or a restrictive diet which is full of food you hate and actually being restrictive in your food uh, variety but having the ones you love and sticking to them um, I think that's the, the key thing to take from it it also it also stops you thinking about food because like in prep I eat the same foods every day it's like a flexible meal plan right but it just stops you thinking about it because you know what you're going to have. You're not then opening my fitness pile going, I've got 27 grams of carbs left, 9 grams of fat. Like, what am I going to have? Where you're having to think about food, it's almost autonomous. And then you just go, that's what I have. It then takes out the fact of a food shop. You know what you have in every food shop. I pick the same fucking things. It's the same thing over and over. And, it's yeah, it is. And if you like the foods that you're eating, then why not stick to it? There's nothing wrong with that. Like... Um, and it's just, it just makes it so much easier than having because I've done a, a real flexible prep because I can have it so I'm going to try and fit it in that's not the way to go about it it's pick foods that you like a couple of variations for each meal stick to that for a long period of time and you'll do fine yeah I think that, that like that in modern days it's even it, there is no real excuse for being crap at dying is there like you're just saying if you're sticking to the same foods and you've got shop you can internet shop you can repeat your order on Tesco's and they'll just deliver it at the same time every week, which then takes out walking around Tesco's hungry, picking up fucking things that aren't going to work out so well in your diet, which is always the nightmare thing. If you go in shopping hungry, that's, that's, one, of the, that's one of the tips I actually given clients before. Like 
you can go on there and you it saves your favorites you just buy the same thing and it is amazing how much easier it like i've had to actually stop doing that now because i was i had food in the house i was like there's not enough calories in this i need to go out and buy more like i needed smoothies i needed all this sort of stuff and it was like i had to go the opposite way it's funny how that that is a great a great tip for people because it it takes out that thing of oh the biscuits will buy them get them free or oh i just fancied buying the the the, the snack size milky ways well yeah but you bought 20 of them so guess what's gonna happen with all 20 of them it's kind of like if it's not there and you, you won't eat it and i always say to people when they're dieting that the the flexibility in your diet should always come from social events or being outside of your own house. Like you shouldn't be trying to fit shit in in your own house. Like you've got your basic shit. At the weekends, you go to your mates. They've offered you a packet of crisps or a bit of chocolate. You can take it because you can't then go and devour their whole kitchen of chocolate because it's not socially acceptable to do that for most people. Um, whereas if it's in your own house, you will do it. Um, and I think that's the that's that's a like I say in terms of giving value and stuff. That's a, it's definitely one of the one of the best things that you can do. Um, it's because it's outside out of mind so if you don't go to the shops you don't go down those aisles yeah I um, think this could be our longest episode yet boys I think we about an hour and a half well, wow it's because of Mike's rant wasn't it yeah it's worth that, that was, there was a lot of value in there it's worth every little second so um, no I just want to say a big big thank you for you both coming on um, it's very enjoyable I think people are going to it was good yeah, I think people are going to love it. So, uh, obviously, we'll pass on the feedback. So I'm sure there'll be lots of good good feedback from it. Do you want to um, definitely shout out to the YouTube channel, but obviously shout out, I know, Mike, you've said you've got, I don't, obviously, Dan, I've heard you speak about it, but I know, Mike, you said you've got coaching slots always available. So, um, yeah. throw out whatever you want to throw out. And obviously, um, do, you not, do you actually do you have a Facebook group yet? Have you not got a Facebook group? Uh, we have one for clients, uh, and we've also got one for a Christmas booze up as well, which is an open invite. So Paul's on it. So feel free uh, if you're available, Brett. Yeah. Again, plus ones are always welcome. We're so. not encouraging you to get pissed and, and become an yeah, alcoholic. We, we, we wouldn't right. encourage that. Not in fitness, anyway. I don't, don't want to come then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We will get given Tupperware with chicken and broccoli, mate. So um, that's what we should be promoting, right? But. Um, yeah, so we've got two Facebooks, nothing, no open group just yet, um, but obviously you can join the Christmas booze up one. Um, and then on Instagram, it's Mike Biceps Banter, Dan Biceps Banter, and on YouTube, Biceps and Banter, and yeah, feel free to follow us. We're basically a pair of plonkers who uh, just have a bit of a laugh, really. Um, but yeah, I just want to say thank you for having us both on. Like, um, it means a lot. This is, I think this is the first podcast I've starred on, other than my own, which I got kicked off of. Because it was bad for the brand. Um, can't do that. Can't swear. Can't swear. Normal people don't swear. So, um, yeah, thank you. Uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun. No, I am. Um, I'm sure Paul's going to say the same. But we'll get you both on again soon if you uh, if you want to spare some more time, have another rant about something. That'd be quite quite fun. Yeah, we're always, always down. Always down to rant about shit, aren't we? Um, but yeah, no, thanks for thanks for having us on. Um, Trust we got I, the opposite end of the spectrum. Eat off to do. Well, well yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, that'll yeah. be filmed at some point, so we need to we need to do that. Um, I'll get crucified if I don't mention it, but I do have a podcast as well, Push Pull Legs podcast, because Tom will get his knickers in a twist and probably fucking try and divorce me or something if I don't mention it. Um, but yeah, we do a podcast. Um, it's aimed at aimed at trainers, I suppose. Um, uh, we want to upskill and learn a bit more about the industry, um, and we talk about biscuits and chocolate ratings and stuff like that. Um, See, so yeah, that's on iTunes and SoundCloud. Um, if you want to watch that but to be honest go watch YouTube it's better um, so yeah do that and then I think with the Facebook group um, thing we are going to 
that will be something we're doing. So that will come. Um, so once we have that, we'll, we'll let you guys know because you two will no doubt want to be in it. Um, yeah. Actually, well, we've, actually, fuck it. Let's reveal it now. We're gonna th- we're thinking of doing like a, I suppose like a viewers group, like a community kind of group where people who watch the channel, kind of get a bit of a first look, I suppose, of topics they want covered, things like that. Um, so that's probably where we're probably going to go with it. So that'll be, cool. I reckon, ne- next couple of weeks or so. All right, cool. Well, um, awesome. yeah, we'll make sure, obviously, all your links and stuff in the show notes and that type of thing. And obviously, we'll um, we'll share that in our group and get people involved so they can go and watch some of the epic eats that are going around. So, big thank you again. Um, obviously, we'll catch up soon, hopefully, be at some mutual event or something, I guess. You were... Yeah, you're not at MNU now. This, no, this time. no, not this time. I think most of us said we couldn't make it, but we'll. Uh, there'll be another one. So I'll, I'll be honest. Like, I thought because I was at the last one with Rob Young, and I thought it was good. There's a lot of good takeaway stuff from it, but um, I wish I'd have went to the last one because the last one the content seemed better. Because obviously they had a lot on like eating disorders and gut health, which are two things that are, like really interesting. Yeah. So um, I hope they do something similar on that again soon. Because obviously I'll definitely be there. Yeah. I think for us it was just more so I don't care you know what content it was I think just obviously after leaving Team Box we just want to get socialising again more than anything else really yeah definitely uh, yeah just having a chat to people but yeah I'm sure right well thank you both I'll see you all catch up soon cool cheers thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast we'll speak to you all next week